What's up? What's up? Hey, baby. This is Shanae and Tamika, and you're listening to I Hear You. Hey. Well, hello. Hi. Live from the two. No, that was my song the other day. What was I just saying? Mary. Tamika, you are not singing on these podcasts. Today and every day. Because you can only hear my voice. You don't want it for nobody else. Babe, that's me. just not what we're here for. Oh, um, okay. I'll sit down. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Thanks, <double> <laughs> All right, I'm very excited about this topic. It is yes. Wait, you know. can't jump into it like that. Ask me how my life goes. How how your life been, babe? <laughs> Girl, I ain't got nothing to share. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, Thanks so much. You are violent. This is like second episode, season two, episode two. More violence. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what's happening? I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh, you know what we need to do an episode on? What? Little fires everywhere. I don't know why we have not thought about that. We we I wish we hadn't been watching it and throwing it in, but you know we had to binge that. Yeah, that was it was lit though. I don't, maybe when it comes back on, that's what we can do. No, it's no more seasons, babe. It was only one season. It's a mini series. Yo, I'm, I'm so really upset. hurt right now. I'm really <laughs> upset right now. You ain't have to say that to me. How did you not? You never listen. For y'all me. that have not, okay. Any, I don't know how many same-sex, lesbian um, listeners we have, but I am in love with one episode. I mean, like, I've watched it three times, and I feel like it was made just for me. That's because you like girl on girl. And That's you, what I just said. Yeah, but, like, also you think all women should be gay. I said all black women should be gay. <laughs> 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 Nothing against I said black. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't think that white women have the same reasons to be <laughs> with other we have other re it's it's a reason there is a logic of why all black women should choose black women. That's really what I'm saying. But you know Oh my god y'all Shanae yesterday was like greasing my scalp and I was like oh my god <laughs> we were like this is so like intimate right now like <laughs> We had a whole experience from Greece. Like, it was so great. It was Indian hemp Greece. Yes, like, but you can only do it lightly on my scalp because, you know, that's a thick Greece. But, oh my gosh, <laughs> you're so great, baby. You're I'm so just great. saying. So, shout out to Little Fire. No, you're lying about that. No, it really is it, just a miniseries. That's it. I need a memorial. I you know what? Matter of fact, I'm just going to go watch the last episode again. Oh, yeah, we do. Because. Also, my favorite episode. if you've watched it, you need to watch it at least like two to three times. All right, real quick, why do you like the show? I like it because even though it's dated in like the 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. um, it's also relevant right now, like all of it. And the like racial tension and the power of black women just like at any time in like <laughs> society in America, like we've always been lit. But also the complexity of the black woman and her her daughter's relationship, right. like that's so real. Like it's so real, and it's and it's also kind of what we're talking about today. In a way, in a way, in a way. you always just be playing the crap out of me. Ah, uh, no, I like. All right, since she asked me, I like this show <laughs> because it shows different perspectives of being a woman, and it shows different perspectives of color. Because there's a um, a woman of color. I don't. She's Asian. Oh, yeah, she is. She's Chinese. Yeah, there's a Chinese yeah. mother. 
Um, and so there's complexities with that. You have um, a teenage black girl who's friends with a teenage black boy and they have different social economic status. Um, so you just see like life from so many different points of view. Yeah, it was it was really lit. If you have not watched it, it's on Hulu. Um, I can't give you my password because Sinead said I got to stop giving out passwords. But um, <laughs> just watch it. You'll you'll love it. Um, what are we talking about today, Boo? I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Since she didn't. You know. Y'all, I'm too excited to like be back and talking to you. You really can't ask. How, Wait, I, we had to find out how. No, you when know. we're in therapy, remember, like I get to take my time and like ask how I need. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> if y'all could see, this is why I keep telling her we need to be doing things on video because you will get the full effect of all of these expressions. Because I'm telling you. Babe, you're doing too much. I know. But go I on, know. keep your energy. And keep I'm like going. moving a whole lot. Like I'm I sure somebody really likes this energy right now. So keep going. <laughs> I'm doing Babe, great. How are you? Yes, I'm having a pretty good day. You know why? Because I'm still here. No, you don't like it? <laughs> too okay. It's still, you're still here. Boy. What I'm really trying to say is I had a hard day, but I'm happy to be here. I know. Talk about your hard day. <laughs> We can get through it together. I just feel like mm, I am taking on challenges. I am not running away from challenges. And I feel challenged in multiple areas of my life, Mm -hmm. like in more than one, in a lot of ways. And um, I am finding a way to just, you know, be happy. It's not that something bad is happening to me. It's just that things are changing and I'm going with the flow. Let me ask you this. What? Is there a way that I can support you better? Help me um, or talk to me as if you understand what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and you want me to meet my goals. Yeah. Like, in the contrast, you know how sometimes people tell you what they want you to know? Mm -hmm. Like, don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. And, like, sometimes I get super preachy. Like, we had a whole, like, moment. Not moment in a bad way. Right. But we were talking about, like, a heavy topic. And I felt myself getting super preachy. Right. Of, like, well, this is why. This is what I had to do. And why you got to talk about my mom, yo? Because uh, that's what my mom does. <laughs> and earlier, Naveya, my niece, was like, you just did what Nana does. She said that to me It's earlier. crazy that they knows what Nana does. Like, that's, I don't think I, well, no, I did know issues that my grandmom had. Yeah. And I was able to talk about it with my mom as a child. All right, so before we get too far ahead, yeah, we had a listener. Um, Mika just asked the other day. I think it was, it was yesterday. It was today. It was today. Um, because we're actually being productive in 2020. Yes, in the quarantine. You because know, five months in. We anyway. don't want people to judge us. No, I'm kidding. Um, Wait, I asked folks, like, what do they want to hear? And Dom, shout out to you. Not that Dom. Um, wow. This is a domino from high risk. Wow. Um, I'm just, I had to make the distinction. Though. Wow. Um, so anyway, um, she... Side note, can I just throw this out here? Yo, we really want to have a topic, and we, we, we pulling up to it where we talk about polys. Yeah, because Shanae was like on some other stuff, y'all. y'all I'm just saying, they everywhere. It's polys everywhere. Yeah. And you don't believe what anybody tells you. You can have exactly what you want. No, I'm not just, over here. I'm just saying, you <laughs> whatever it is you desire. No, we stop it. The Lord will give it to you. We stop it. First of all, I don't know if the... <laughs> y'all, <laughs> y'all, we do need to do video because my face right now. Like my <laughs> hand is up. I got that black mama hand up. Like, pause. We not about to do that. Y'all, I'm going to summarize this for y'all. We will talk about 
Polly's and experience a potential experience. Experiences we have had. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the experience we had and why it's not cutting it over here. We can't do it. And so next, keep listening for that. Uh, Stop playing with me. I'm just saying God will make a way out of nowhere. Y'all, like, can y'all, like, can y'all DM us, like, has your partner Wow, you asking for DM? I am asking for... No, not for that reason. (laughs) I want to know how they told their partner no. Like, this ain't... Babe, it was your idea. You brought it to me. All right, pause right there. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. That's the number one fact right there. That's why I said God will make a way out of no way because he will bring what you desire to your front door. And I ain't scene. even have no. to do nothing. Stop. I'm just saying, okay, we done? And scene. Okay, thank you. We'll talk about it later, y'all. But anyway, um, they asked uh, to, us to talk about separation of family and self when your family can be toxic. And so that's what we're about to get into. We came out with some like other questions to uh, kind of guide us through. Right. Um, but we just gonna kinda talk about separation of family and self and toxic family because like we we out here, like families are toxic. And I think, you know, I kinda wanna definitely split it up between there's there's toxicity when you're a kid, there's toxicity or can be when you're a young adult and then you know when you just into adulthood and you're able to like reflect then there's a there's a different level and there's responsibility with each of those levels. Oh know? my god! So I think it's a little bit different. Um, really, I think this person has come from like what you do when you when you not not that they're asking what you do, but just like what are your experiences once you get to be an adult and you can actually reflect and then it's like how do you deal with the things that are still going on presently? Yeah, like how do you manage? Especially, I think the biggest complexity for us as black women is that we were raised by black women. In black mm-hmm. households. And like, first of all, shout out to our moms. Because if they listen to this, we love y'all. Yeah. But we talking about it. Because like one of the biggest things is like you don't, you know, what happens in my house stays in my house. Like those types of conversations. And from a very early age, it's toxic. And it's like, why can't I talk about my experiences? They were mine and they shaped something for me. Well, I will say this. Like Tamika and I actually recorded. <laughs> <laughs> we we were full-fledged in recording. Yeah. Mode. I think we did a good 45 minutes talking about. We wanted to talk about mothers and just motherhood and being a daughter. And we got to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm not trying to bash anyone. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't feel right. So I'm in a way, I'm happy that this question came up because you know we really do get the opportunity to talk about it again. But it's like... I don't know the way I grew up, you know, my family at certain points was always focused on, you know, certain scriptures that are like, honor your mother and father, that your days will be long upon the Mm -hmm. earth. It's like, you don't want to bring any bad juju to yourself talking about your parents. Yeah. So I definitely value who my parents are. And I want to say, you know, this conversation is really about growing and moving forward in life. Just like we were saying, um, Navea, Mika's niece that's, you know, here with us this summer, she's able to see what's going on on her level, like what's what the experiences that she's having as a child, things that her mother is experiencing and what her grandmother is experiencing. And so just the same way that, that she was able to do that, like we're able to do that now. So it's it's really meant to, to this topic, this session, I'm going to do my best to like make it clean and clear in case anybody hears this. Um, basically it's about saying that I can reflect and 
I can start off first since I'm already talking. Go ahead, boo. <laughs> I'm just do, saying. Because I ain't got no disclaimers with my mom. Me and my mom, I'm like, good mom, for you. Y'all, I'll talk Shout about out to it. Michelle. Yes, Michelle A. Like, we didn't. Really? Mickey, what was That's that? That's what I call her. <laughs> I can't. I'm I call her Michelle A sometimes. She <laughs> okay. can be Michelle A. It's Michelle like a, there's no accents, so we just don't have Go ahead, baby. Go ahead. <laughs> talk about your experience. Oh, girl. <laughs> I'm glad I keep you smiling. You do. You do. So, I don't even know where to start. The first question, like, what beliefs? Like, you were talking about, like, honor thy mother and thy father. Like, what? I don't know. Can I just start from right here? I just need to start from where? Start from the soul. Listen. Wait. Huh? What if we didn't edit this podcast? We'll have to edit this one. Because my one of my sorority sisters, um, Aisha Please, that's, I think that's the podcast name. But she does unedited podcasts, and I think it's kind of cool. So this is like a topic that's like really heavy for both of us right. to kind of dive into. So maybe it'd be cool if you didn't edit. Well, it. I will say that when I edit, I don't take out a lot. For the yeah. most part, I'll take out a stutter, a large background noise. Um, before I did, like if we would cuss too much, Shanae would cuss too much. Or if Tamika was like, you know, saying my last name three times, yeah, I would take that out. Austin, Austin, Austin. Really? <laughs> That's not my last name. It will be one day. Okay, all right, y'all. So come on. Come on. I love you too. Anyway, um, I'll, I'll say for right now, so real talk, I just got off of family therapy on Zoom like mm-hmm. maybe an hour ago. <laughs> um, And it was hard. It really was. And I think right now the, the past toxicity that I'm dealing with is basically I didn't come out until I was 28. Mm-hmm. And there's the toxic reasons for that or the the issue with that is I felt like I couldn't be something separate from what I was raised to be. And it was like I was so ingrained in the identity that I am a Christian woman. And what does that look like in this world? And what should a Christian woman be doing if they're having same sex attractions? And Mm -hmm. so for me, basically, I stopped dating um for a while then I spent time studying like just the word and I don't know like Christianity for me a, a lot is about like your personal relationship so I spent time looking at that figuring out things with scripture just like talking to God about it and just I had to get my own self on the same page I'll mm-hmm. say because there was a lot of dissonance there so once I came out and I was actually comfortable you know, saying, hey, I like women, I want to date women, Um, I'm seeing women, I'm dating women, and I was able to say that to my family. Then I had to deal with their reaction, how they felt about it, their experience through it, why they didn't know that I was gay. It's like, how can you not tell that I'm attracted to women? But, you know, that's neither here nor there. So there was a period of that, and now I'm up to the point where it's like I've been out, um, man, how many years? I don't know how old I am. Anyway, I've been out for a little bit. Um, been with my partner for like a year and a half. We've been together for almost two, almost two years. It's a year and a half. January made a year and a half, sis. Over a year and a half because oh I'm not gosh. counting right, apparently. I'm taking my last name back. <laughs> it is your last name. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, so right now the hardest thing I think is, and I was I was just talking about it at therapy, and they didn't know this, but it's like sometimes um, we do things, we would do things together where we have like discussions 
that are recorded with my family and whatever, um, you know, their business or organization is. And it's hard because then it'll, we'll have discussions about trans people. We'll have discussions about relationships, where, which are mostly we're talking about heterosexual relationships. Mm -hmm. And then you get into a conversation about man and a woman, um, what it's like to be a man, what it feels like to be a man, and what that means in life. And then you get into gender roles. And it's like, I told them, you know, like, if you say the wrong thing about a trans person, even though I'm people not trans, trans, people who are trans. What did I say? You said trans person. About a trans person, I said a person who's trans. I said the wrong word. What was wrong with what I said? Like person first, person centered first, not like oh a trans person, like yeah. a gay person, a person who is gay. I'm sorry. I don't know. I it you just corrected sounds, me to me, and I sounds, didn't know what I did wrong. Yeah, no, you didn't do anything wrong. I just think it sounds. I think that's how you're supposed to say it. I'm not sure. Okay, but I'm like a person who's trans. Anyhow. A person who is trans. Stop, bitch. It's so many words. Yeah. Anyway, if you say something derogatory, and not that they would. My, like, the thing is, is that my parents are not purposely harmful, but they're also very conservative Christians. So they don't have a lot of experiences mm -hmm. with people who are different from them. And so they don't know what's politically correct they don't know what's socially acceptable they don't know uh what's offensive and so they just will say things from their own narrow perspective and the hard part is is like i was telling them today is like if you say something uh, that's that i would feel like is harmful to a person even though that person and myself are not the same, I'm still going to feel like you don't understand me either because mm -hmm. the lines are just a little too, you know, close. And the, the only way I could say it to where it might make sense to everybody is... Um, you said it good earlier. Yeah. If I'm a black person and I'm talking to a white person and they start talking about Latinx people in a derogatory way, I am not going to think that you think very highly or that that white person thinks very highly of black people i'm just not why because they're a person of color and i'm a person of color and often we might have similar experiences so that's i'm gonna take several steps back me and that white person may not be that cool you know you're gonna be somebody i just say hello to and that's about it not somebody that i feel like i can trust and open up to and be around so i think right now i'm dealing with it's like i've gotten over the things that maybe I've grown up with and just mm -hmm. those type of struggles and gotten past them. But now as an adult, how do I deal with what's presently going on so that it's not a repeat of my childhood or my teenage years or yeah. my young adult years? You know, I just don't want to do the same things over and over. So I think that comes to like what boundaries can I put in place so that I'm not experiencing the same harm over and over again, because it might be one thing, you know, for my mom, my dad, my sister, my mom, um, for one of them to say something that mm -hmm. I don't like that feels hurtful, it's another thing if they saying the same thing every Christmas, yeah. every birthday, every Mother's Day, and nothing is changing, then that means I'm stuck in a state of emotional trauma, and that feels harsh. I will say, absolutely. my mom um, did say, you know, she said, like, it sounds like you're preparing for emotional abuse every time you do a recording with us and she was like you know you shouldn't be doing it 
and that's growth. I will say mm-hmm. that is not the person I grew up with. She was yeah. very much the type of person where if you skinned your knee, she'd be like, you know, well, go just put a band-aid on. She wouldn't come and do it for you or comfort you. She wanted you to comfort yourself. And yeah. so it I do have to acknowledge that she is in a place where she's like, okay, you know, something needs to change because you can't keep doing that. And she doesn't really know what's wrong or why I feel the way that I feel. But it is good to know that at least she wants to make a change. Yeah. I think what you, when you were talking about boundaries, I think that is the most important thing because I feel like I've, that's the thing that we can control in a sense. Um, Once we are emotionally and mentally at a point where we're able to, um, kind of empower ourselves in a sense. So my experience with my family is like that whole, like what happens in a house stays in a house. Um, my mom was like, it's me, my brother, my sister. Um, and then my dad also has a son, but in my house, it was my two older siblings. And my mom was very much. So you only need your siblings. Y'all, all y'all got, like we had this, like it was codependency. Um, very, very early on. And so probably in middle school, like the latter years of middle school is when I realized I don't know how to make friends with people. Like I, like I have one friend from second grade, blah, blah, blah. Like we've come, you know, we went to college together and things like that. And we're still fairly close, but it's not because we talk every day, like, you know, like whatever. But I think very early on, like the toxicity in my household was like this codependency. And so when one person hurt, we all was, we all went through it. Like one person was like burned by somebody or we all like showing up. Like it was, it was very much so, so codependent that I, as a young like person didn't know how to make friends with people. And then (laughs) once I got old enough, it then extended to my cousins. And so my mom is like, you got your sister, you got your brother, you got your cousins, you don't need nobody. And so when I started to make friends with people, I did not know how to not have the same expectations of them that I had of my family. Mm -hmm. So my family, me and my sister argue, all right, we're talking in a few hours. And so like I would have arguments with people and I would have these very big disagreements telling them how much I didn't like. And then I'm expecting them to like be my friend, like legit. Like in college, there's one girl who like, we still haven't been able to kind of like mend that friendship. Because I would, like, talk to her, and I'd be like, you did all these things to me, and I didn't like it, and da-da-da-da. And I would say whatever hurtful thing I wanted to say, and I my expectation was that she was going to come back just like my sister and my cousins did. Mm-hmm. And not to say, like, we were, you know, harming each other, but I also was the youngest, so I was very expressive. Mm-hmm. I've always been very expressive. Ex- Except for romantic relationships. But, like, <laughs> in friendships, like, I've been very express- expressive of, like, you hurt me and this is how, and you probably shouldn't do that. And a lot of it came from entitlement because I was young and my mom, like, spoiled me. But <laughs> outside of that, I didn't know or realize until that, like, first friend in college, we just kept having these ups and downs and it didn't feel right and it felt toxic, too. And I had to take a step back and say, Tamika, you don't know how to make friends. You don't know how to maintain a friendship because I put the same expectation. Like my brother and my sister would go to war for me. And then I'm putting that on somebody I just met six months ago. That's a lot. That's a big expectation. And that that caused me to have very toxic behaviors and friendships because I'm like, what you mean? Like, I don't like this person. You can't like them. 
Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I, these people don't like me. You shouldn't be going out with them. And that was stuff that I put on, like, semi on my college roommate of, like, why are you hanging out with them? And, like, judging all those things. And it was very much so centered around me. And I think it stems back to, like, how my mom raised us. Um, but then on another side of that, I had to create very, very clear boundaries with my mom because when my brother and my sister were, um, and they're only a few years older than me, like three or four years older than me. Um, but when they moved out and lived with my dad for like two years, me and my mom, the lines of mother daughter was blurred. It was very blurred. We were friends. Mm -hmm. Like me and my mom were friends a few years out of my, like whatever. I don't know. I remember, I don't know what age I was, but we were just friends. Like my mom was like, you know, talking to me about relationships. I knew when it was a breakup. I was like, ugh. I I knew my mom was mad at her boyfriend. And I'm like, "Mm," walking around the house like, whatever. Like, you know, like it was so much of me and my mom are friends that that also became toxic. Mm -hmm. And so when I went away to college, I remember like, first of all, when I was 14, my first check. I knew to put some type of something in the household. Maybe I brought my brother a sandwich. Maybe, hey, y'all, we can go grab food or something like that. Like, Or I'll go to the store and get everybody's food or something. So we were even like, you know, codependent when it came to money, all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister was probably most the most independent um, and better with her money. But when it came to me, my brother, and my mom, we were codependent when it came to money. So when I'm 16 and now I got a job or when I'm 18 and I'm basically working full time because I had enough credits in high school... That money was flowing back into the house now. And so then, me and my mom, I'm helping pay stuff too. We ain't, that mother-daughter thing, it was like, no, we really friends now, sis. So, like, for me, like, that gave me, like, this power or this, like, perception of authority that I did not really have. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my niece needed something? I'm, ba- I'm paying for it? I'm grown grown at 18. And so, when I went away to college... Um, my mom would call me like daily with stuff that was happening at the house, stuff with my brother and all these things. And I had to get to the point where I was like, no, you can't call me. Like you can't call me every day. So at one point it was like, you can't call me every day. Cause when you call me, all you do is talk negative and granted, I was about 19. I did not say it. And I was 20. I did not say it in some really nice way. Mm-hmm. It was very much so. No, I'm you negative. You're such a negative person. I don't want to hear this. Da, 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 like I'm trying to get my education. Why you keep calling me X, Y, and Z? And so granted, the way I said it was not the best. Mm-hmm. However, I was so fed up because I'm like, I need my mom right now. Like yeah. I'm in this like rural white behind area and I'm like, you know, 20, not even 21 yet. You know, liquor's all around me. There's a there's people doing drugs around me. Like I need my mom. Like, that, that's when I, like, I had to kind of peel back that layer and say, no, I don't need a friend right now. I need my mom. So, first it was, you can't call me every day because you call me and it's drama. And then it was, call me on the weekends. And then it was, don't call me, I'm going to call you. Mm-hmm. And I would say that to her. And so, even now, like, my mom, she texts me, like, scriptures every morning and stuff. But we, me and my mom are very, very close. If I needed something... Um, I can absolutely call my mom. If I'm crying, I will call my mom, like, things like that. And so, like, I do have a mom, but I also have a mom, and we have boundaries. Mm -hmm. And we had to have boundaries because just as much, like, when I was born, my mom didn't know how to just, like, be a mom and raise me and do everything right. I had to learn how to be her daughter. And in learning that, I needed to put those boundaries in place for my sanity. 
Because if I'm taking finals and my mom calls me upset about a breakup or about my brother or, hey, we don't have food or money or something like that, I was internalizing all of those things and it hurt. And it hurt me. It didn't hurt my mom. <laughs> it hurt me. Not bad. We are recording. You pause it? No. Okay, cool. Um, if if you heard that, that was my niece in the background playing her game. But <laughs> um, so because it was hurting me, I had to take a step back and say, this is what I need. And so like one of the questions was like, how do you manage these things? I think it's like, what do you need from your family in this season? Not what did you need then? Mm -hmm. Because that's stuff that you may have to rectify in therapy. That's stuff that you may not be able to clearly communicate in a productive way right now. But what do you need right now from your family? Especially we're in quarantine. Like I can't, I haven't seen, I said this in the last episode, I haven't seen my sister in weeks. That's weird for me. What do I need from my sister right now? And what can I ask for that is healthy? And so not just thinking about what my mom was asking for of me, but what am I asking for of my sister, of my mom? Like when I first started my business, I expected my sister to drop everything. And just be there and show up because mommy raised us that we all we got and da, da, da. so I was still dis like you know displaying some of those toxic traits and so when we're able to name something that's toxic we then are responsible for doing something mm -hmm. and when we fall back into them like I, I didn't beat myself up over it mm -hmm. I had to make adjustments because my sister also has her own life right and she has a life that she enjoys so therefore her little sister don't get to disrupt it because I'm still expecting to be spoiled. Like, yeah. no, that's not a that's not acceptable. So I don't know. Like that was a very long winded way of saying that like boundaries are so important. And when I tell you they hurt, it hurt. Like I was in high school writing my mom. Like my mom was like she was like the neighborhood lady. Like she ran an art program for like ten dollars a week or something like that, or ten dollars a day on the block. And my mom was the one who my mom used to run track in college. So like my mom would literally run around a block with the kids, like in her thirties and probably early forties, running around the block, like and beating them by the way. Like <laughs> so, like my mom was that mom, and my mom also gave so much to everybody mm -hmm. and sometimes I had to like sit with the fact that I felt like she didn't give me because she was you know um this was probably early 2000s she was like bringing kids home from the daycare and making sure they had a bath because like they didn't have resources at home and making sure they had meals and you know that weekend it was like be nice to these kids and all of those things and so my mom is a very loving and caring and generous person and I also had to sit with like, when was that too much? Mm -hmm. When did she take on that black woman persona of like, I'm gonna give to everybody. And then if I got something left, I get. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was also something toxic that I had to kind of rectify too and say, I don't want to be that woman. I don't want to. <laughs> and I had to kind of determine who I am as a woman, specifically as a black woman. Um, and that was scary. And that again, boundaries. But they were the boundaries on my own terms. I think it's definitely generational and it does help. Like once, I wanted to say a couple different things, but mm -hmm. I think like when you're dealing with it as an adult, it is important. Like we, you may not know like, okay, well, what's toxic? What's really unhealthy? Like sometimes those lines are blurred and you can't mm -hmm. always tell well, what's me actually giving to somebody that I love about, that I love out of the kindness of my heart. Or, you know, what's the difference between me giving too much of myself and when and where are my boundaries being crossed? But I think sometimes if you just can look at the patterns and say, okay, 
every time I have this conversation with this person, yep. I feel this way. So I have learned or I am learning to put these boundaries in so that I can have a better experience with this person. Mm-hmm. And I think like a lot of times I feel like that's just the way it starts. It's like you, you start to notice a pattern and you start to realize why you're You start to realize um, why and when you're experiencing certain yeah. things. Can and I just add to that? Like some of the things that you can kind of ask yourself is like, who am I talking to when I? So I used to do like these like self inventories at the end of the night, and they were really fun. I would be like, how did I feel today? When was I hot? Like, and if I was like, oh, I was mad today. When was I mad? Who was there? Mm-hmm. What were we talking about? Like, were there any words or? parts of the conversation was it their body language that stood out to me like I hate when people get really physically close to me like that is low-key a trigger and so it's like back up like I need my space so thinking about like who was there what we're talking about words um what physically what was what was happening was it something at work were you in your office did you feel confined like asking yourself all of those things like if it's every Thanksgiving when you talk to your great auntie and she brings up hey, are you in a relationship? And you know you got, you still healing from that heartbreak two years ago. Like you then you don't have to engage in that conversation. And especially in the black households, we don't have to stay. Like we don't have to show up. We ain't got to stay. We don't owe nobody, no parts of our sanity, but we've been conditioned to think we do. And that hurts. And that makes you doubt, doubt yourself. And that makes you sometimes, um, replace your actual feelings with this idea or this notion of obligation and that causes so much harm so if i know that when i talk to that great auntie i get hurt every time but then i'm like well i gotta show up because we're having thanksgiving at my my parents house or my my side of my grandma's house and i gotta be there or people do x y and z Mm -hmm. no you gotta put yourself first and you gotta like be you deserve to be in a safe space so like Start to kind of inventory yourself in these different conversations and I keep think, track of them. I think that's what I'm doing right now is, you know, I have learned that this, there's been so many times when I try to get rid of my family where I'm just like, you know, <laughs> these people are crazy. They're too much. You know, they got a lot going. And it's, it's not like, you know, I will say like, it's not like they're violent yeah. or like, you know, somebody is, you know abusing me or talking down to me or like that it's just sometimes it can be like and it's i didn't want to throw out there like you know what is toxic and what isn't Mm -hmm. but sometimes it can just be that i don't like the way i feel around these people so i am learning right now that i can't get rid of my family Mm -hmm. they're not going going anywhere um but i have to learn when it's time to just get up and say, okay, I'll see y'all later. Yeah. <laughs> and that has like been the thing that I have been working on, I think maybe the past six months. Mm-hmm. So it's become normal now. It's, it's pretty natural to where I'll be there for like a couple hours and they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, it was good talking to y'all. I love y'all. See y'all later. It's like just knowing within myself when it's time to go, that's something that's been really helpful. Um, I think the biggest thing right now is that my family wants, and I'm the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's like, you know, I wanted to ask you the same thing. Mm-hmm. What are some of like the boundaries and things that you feel? Not not that it's a struggle, but that you're trying to keep in place. Uh, but for me right now, the other thing is that my family wants us to merge everything. And like you were talking about codependency as a child, but like as an adult, my mom especially wants us to mix like 
all of our projects that we're doing and do them all together because they do overlap and they can be similar in some ways. But I was telling them today, I don't know that that will be the best thing. And it, the, the struggle is that I do feel like I have a sense of loyalty to them and I want to be a part mm-hmm. of everything that's going on. But at the same time, I have to be responsible for myself and for my relationship and for caring for myself. And if I don't do that, you know, who else will? But are there, I was going to say, are there anything, is there anything currently that you're working on Um that seems like it creates a little bit of struggle when you try to make boundaries. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, um, and my sister and I talked about this recently, but my mental health and how I show up for my family. Like, I've always been the one that everybody, like my mom, my brother, my sister, my niece, my nephew, my cousins, like, I've been the one that people call for so long. And years ago, I started talking to my best friends about mental health. And we all started talking about it. So in a sense, we all know where each other stand. Like Mm me, my um, two cousins, and my sister. So the four of us. We know where each other stands with our mental health. But I still sometimes feel guilty. Like about like the times when my sister may call and I didn't answer. But it wasn't because I didn't want to be a good sister. It was because like, yo, my depression got me feeling some type of way. Or like... Mm -hmm. Yo, hey, I drank a little bit last night. Sister's on over the next day. Like, I, and I joke about that, but, like, we'll, we'll really talk about, like, the drinking and, like, the coping things. But um, I think that's something that I'm still struggling with. And my sister can handle if I say my mental health is at a height. Mm-hmm. But I feel obligated. And it's not just my sister, but I feel obligated to the people who have loved me through so much right. that I'm like, no, I want to be there. Or I'm so, I'm apologizing and... I'm apologizing for my mental health. And it's like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, in therapy, I'm talking about being a fixer. Like, I am a fixer for so many people. And not like, oh, my God, I'm the savior for everybody. But it's just the position that I tend to have in people's life. And I like it. I love problem and solving. I was gonna, like, <laughs> it tends to come with overgiving. You know, yeah. it's not always that they're asking so mm-hmm. much, but it's like you're used to giving. And I do wonder, like, in some senses, does it also create, like, a thing where you don't know how to receive either? Oh, absolutely. I'm not really sure. I'm just throwing that out there. I know. (laughs) And it is similar to, like, the way that your mom is. Your mom gives a lot, too. And it's, Mm -hmm. that's, I don't even know how to throw that in there, but it's, like, it's a generational thing. It is. It's a part of life to, like, see who you are, see who your mother is, and then see who your grandmother is. And and that's one of the things I wanted to say earlier is like certain you definitely get to the point like when you keep making those boundaries and seeing what's going on within your life, you start to look at the other people and see what they're going through too. Yeah. And then you can actually see how what they went through is affecting you and how it's showing up in your life. Because my grandma was certainly codependent to the T. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she wanted everybody to live in the same house as adults. With their families, you know, she wanted everybody to live in one house. She wanted them to buy like a huge house and I don't know, maybe some land and just everybody live there. She just wanted everybody around in one spot mm-hmm. and she wanted everybody to do everything together. And it's like my mom is doing that a little bit with the businesses and that's, you know, like something we're talking about in therapy. And it's it's good. It's not like a bad yeah. thing because everybody has a different perspective. Everybody is bringing something from the table. Everybody could take something from the table. Um, but that is a thing that needs to be acknowledged is that my grandma was codependent in one area 
And I think my mom has a little bit of that. And the, the great thing is that she's able to talk about it and she's not offended. Mm-hmm. So we can actually work through it. And it's not like, oh, well, you did something wrong. You're hurting the family. Like when you got to put a bunch of blame in there, it's really going to hurt somebody. And it's mm-hmm. not, you know, really necessary. But, you know, it's a wonder. I don't know. If my grandma was living today, I would want to ask her, how did you get to a place where you wanted everybody to be all together? Like, what mm-hmm. is that really about? Like, what's really underneath you believing that, you know, all four of your children should buy one house and live on a piece of land together. Not to say that that's weird. It's just she was so adamant about it. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. In a way, I kind of like that, how you can see how things change through generations and how we affect one another. And it's overall, I think it's, you know, just a healthy thing to do. I think something you said made me think about the fact that, like, when the abuse is not... It's particularly in black households. I don't care if you were raised in the north, the south, the midwest, whatever. There's always that auntie, that cousin, that something. And so when the abuse is not always physical mm-hmm. or blatant, like we sometimes it's confusing. It can be very confusing. If I go like my grandmother, I remember when like I went natural in two thousand eight. Um, I have a Southern Baptist grandmother who went to the hairdresser either weekly or bi-weekly, and then when she no longer wanted to go to the physical location, the hairdresser would come to her. But that lady stayed with her hair done, period. And I was, I don't like the phrase tomboy, but I was running with my brother and his friends. Mm -hmm. And so my hair never stayed done when I was younger. And the amount of abuse that caused, and like, it wasn't like, oh, and I'm not even going to make excuses. It was abuse. Mm -hmm. It was me not feeling good enough at times because of the way my hair was or because I didn't want to be dressed up every time we went to my aunt's house who she competed with. Like, I don't, and, and that's just the reality of it. And I would say that to them now because they're sisters who, you know, in some ways competed. Like, who could be the bougiest? And so one of the things is when I went um, natural in 2008 and I worked for my grandmother. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, y'all. I was trying to figure it out. I was trying to, like, figure out how to do that wash and go. And so sometimes, you know, the the um, the sun made it a little bit drier than I expected. Right. And I walked around looking like, whoa. And I, as a black woman, that journey is so personal and intimate that when my grandmother would make comments, like, I would sometimes cry. Yeah. I would be so upset. I would be like, all right, the next day, I'm going to make sure I sleep this way. or I'm going to make sure I leave it in a little bit longer so that when I see her, and if I was like, I went to um, CCP, and so I would be like, all right, let me pin this one back up. So I would sit in class with like a uh, pin whatever in my hair because I knew that that one girl wasn't staying right, but by the time I went to work, I wanted it to look a little bit better mm-hmm. because there was so much judgment there. And so sometimes we think about it as, am I too sensitive? Right. Am I, well, they're just the jokester of the family, or we know how that aunt is, or we know how your mom is. That is still not okay. And that, um, to me, like I want to jump in there and say, the reason it's not okay is because at the end of the day, what are the feelings that you're experiencing mm-hmm. over and over again? And again, it's like, it's that pattern. It's like, if I'm experiencing something with you consistently mm-hmm. and it's about the same thing, we got a problem and it needs to be addressed. And you're right. Like you, there's no way you can just say, Oh, you know, she just playing. She mm-hmm. just kidding. It's a joke. No, you shouldn't be feeling the way that you do. Exactly. And even if you experience it one time, even if it's like, you know, that 
aunt you see once a year. It does not matter. Or that I keep picking on people's aunties, but mm-hmm. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. And like the weird thing is, is when I talked about my family and us being codependent, it was very hard to separate from them and create my own life. I felt guilty. Yeah. I felt very guilty for, you know, going away to college two hours away. I felt very guilty for moving five hours away when I was in upstate New York. I felt guilty when I traveled. I felt guilty. And I that guilt can be something that literally, like, keeps us so codependent that it's so unhealthy that none of us <laughs> can have, like, whatever. And I remember my brother, um, he had a girlfriend and I still call her my sister to this day. He had a girlfriend, and she was older. And I remember my mom went grocery shopping for, and he lived with his girlfriend. They lived together, right? She went grocery shopping for our house and went grocery shopping for his house. And I remember his girlfriend said, I'm a grown A woman. I don't need another woman shopping for me. She didn't say it to my mom. She did not say it to my mom. She was very respectful of my mom. But when she said that, I was like, what she mean? My mom just picked up a few things. Like, <laughs> I didn't realize it, but I'm like, now? That's I'm like... It was so normal to you. It was so normal. And granted, the way my mom is a black mom with a ridiculous amount of love for her black son. Like, they are... They both go... They still go dependent, y'all. But, <laughs> like, when I was younger, I didn't understand why his girlfriend was saying that because we were all, like, we were so ridiculously codependent. And so just understanding that, like, when you do start to create those boundaries, draw lines, tell people how to treat you, teach them how to treat you, it will feel like guilt and shame and, oh, I'm doing something wrong. That separation can hurt, too, because somebody did talk about, like, separation, but, like, that separation can hurt, too. That's interesting. So I wonder, I don't know, I wish the person had more details. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at it again. Separation from family. Okay, that's the part that sounds really codependent to me. Separation of family and self. To me, that has a lot to do with, like, identity. Mm -hmm. It's like, you gotta know who you are as you, as an individual. Yeah. And then, like, you were just saying to me, like, who are you, um, inside your family unit? And it's interesting, because I I would, like, this is something that Tamika said to me earlier, but it's it's very true. It's like there's a part of me that I identify with with my family and then there's other parts of me that I can't really experience with them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that does feel a little disheartening because I want to be able to share our, all parts of myself with them and I I certainly can't because we have, I think our experiences are vastly different so yeah. they won't be able to um understand what those experiences are like and that does have to do with the level of openness like they're not when I say they aren't open I think coming from a conservative Christian background a lot of things are just right and wrong black and white Mm -hmm. and so the lifestyle that I live is full of many colors and it's a rainbow (laughs) they are not as willing and open Mm -hmm. to um, experience those things yep and that comes, like, I talked to my mom about polys. I think maybe all of them about polys. You, you know? did. You sure did. <laughs> That's something story. that they're a little bit, I feel like that they can relate to more than me being gay. I think, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like in a way, not that, not that it's acceptable to them, mm-hmm. but I don't feel it's so just, misunderstood okay. when it comes to, like, you know, um, like with polys. It's not as, I think with my sister's, they have more friends 
who were gay or bisexual um, or even a trans person, a person who is trans. Yeah, it's just more words. That's why it's harder for me to say. No? Yeah, but go ahead. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I, yeah, my sisters, they know different people. Now, my parents, I don't, I think, I've heard my dad talk about one experience with a man who was gay. Or um, my mom, I don't know that she's had any same-sex or bisexual friends. She talks about her employee a lot. Yeah. The guy. Oh, yeah. And like a very like... I was, I was trying to remember who. Here, my like, mom is a supervisor, so I guess, yeah, there's... Yeah. yeah she endorses him. She endorses him. She does. I, but it's, it's just, I think it's hard. And it yeah. is, it's hard. The thing is, separation is good. Yes. Sometimes it's hard to know that you're so separated that they can't relate. Yes. And it's okay if, as you're journeying on in life, that you get exposed to things that your family's not exposed to. Like, that is okay. Like, there's no, like, your family don't. Like, okay, I am a first-generation college student. Oh, my God, I travel. Oh, my God, all these cool things. Mm -hmm. When I call my mom, my mom can brag on me any day of the week. But my mom is like, you're still my daughter. <laughs> like, and it's like, it's this humbling effect, but it's also like, I cannot fault my mom for not knowing about all the places I travel or not knowing about food or not knowing about all, like th I think that becomes like in a sense elitist mm -hmm. when you start to do that because one of the things um and this is like a smaller toxic thing that my family used to do like my family talked about people a whole lot like growing up we would bust on people all the time we talked about people all the time and sometimes like when I go to when I'm with my cousins I may fall back into it a little bit but I became very cognizant because in me being exposed to like talking to people all the time and then being a first generation college student, one of the only one of the few people in my family with a master's degree, um, I had a little chip on my shoulder at a certain point. Mm -hmm. And so like that toxic thing, um, coupled with my lived experience made me a bit toxic, too. And so, like, it's okay to, like, recognize that, like, your family may not be exposed to everything. And you may, not that you, you don't have to outgrow your family in order to live. Right. Just because y'all have different experiences, like, it's just okay. Like, it's, like, when I got business questions, I'm not calling my mom. Right. I call my dad. Because my dad owns a business. Like, that's okay. When my sister has questions about college, she's calling me. That's okay. When I got a question about English, because my sister's great at it. I ain't calling my mom. I'm calling my sister. Like, it, it's okay to start to understand that your, um, the space that you take up or the experiences you have with your family may become more stretched out. Mm -hmm. Maybe everybody, maybe you and your mom were close your whole life, and then you go off to college or you move hours away and come back, and now it's like, wait, my sister who travels, I could talk to about that, but I may not be able to relate in the same way with my mom. Like, those things are okay. Like, we can't expect our family to, like... I don't know. Be our everything. Like, and sometimes they are, and that's beautiful. But when they're not, we cannot fault them. Mm -hmm. It's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. So, one of the things I will say about separation and identity is, like, I do want to share all parts of myself, but I know that I also have to fully experience who I am, mm -hmm. like, just as an individual. Yeah. Meaning, like, 
I can't give up being me to be with them. Yeah. I can't be focused so much on the parts like we're really saying that I don't fully experience. I'm saying like sometimes it does feel like you have to choose like the, mm-hmm. and the examples that you give. They're not as it's about like one specific thing, you know, like English, a job, a business. But when it's like your lifestyle or something that takes up so much of your identity is like if I had to choose, I'm going to choose me. Yeah. Because when I didn't, it was painful. Yeah. So I think about like when I went away to college and like I came back and like people were like, you talk white. Like that stuff is so traumatizing. And I had to like not try to go back home and code switch, but I had to be like, listen, I talk white and you call me when you got issues about all these other things because I know stuff too. So I, I had to stop like, I don't know. It's like, you going to get all of me in this way. And if you don't like it, you just don't like it because I'm actually still going to be around. So, <laughs> well, I think we should do a separate one for how we have been toxic. I think that'll be fun, like toxic within our family. No, what if I don't want to talk about that? To me, that's a thing. I'm kidding. The thing is, all I'm going to talk about is being angry. I mean, like, I feel yeah. like oh my God. Oh, we trick. should talk. We should have a whole. No, I'm kidding. I've <laughs> <laughs> just been mad now. I don't know. I think my family, like, I wonder what they would say, like, that my toxic traits would be. Yeah. Anger, I think that they would say I'm a little self-centered. You know what would be fun? What? To ask them and then discuss it on here. Oh, like, no, just, like, text them and, like, ask them and then, like, no, break it down. they already told me. Okay, gotcha. Because I'm like, if I tell my best, ask my best friends, they're going to be like, Sis. They say that I they disappear. Will they say yeah. I come around when I need something. Now, part of that, I feel like, is me trying to prioritize myself. Yeah. And so, yeah, there need, there does have to be a balance. And I have been telling them, like, I'm being intentional about spending time with you guys and showing up. Because I don't want that to be the narrative is that mm-hmm. I don't show up. Um, yeah, I can't. I mean, they said, they, they mostly say is that I disappear. That's about it. No, my, my family would be like, oh, you're too blunt. You da 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 That's how I hear all of their complaints about me. So you wouldn't talk about how you... Well, maybe it wouldn't be called toxic. But what? Why you wouldn't talk about like things that you have done to other people? Yeah, I'm a brat. Like I, Mika, that ain't no meaning. No, <laughs> how you gonna tell me what my experience is? Mm-hmm. No, like my expectation for people is like put me in the center. We already said, and like that's like it's been so problematic. Like it's been I do not let go well because I'm like. It's all about me, 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 me. Like, I had to outgrow that. And maybe it doesn't seem all crazy toxic, but it was very toxic. And I had to, like, grow through Maybe that. it can be, like, burdensome to people. Oh, absolutely. It I was a whole a mess. Word. I shy. I was a whole mess when she met me at 16. I was like, no, talk to me all day on the phone. If you're around me, oh, my God, you don't like me. Like, I was very needy. Um... But I also am the youngest, and my mom made us codependent. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I don't know. Like, overall, I appreciate talking about this. And, like, understand, like, for the person who asked this and folks who listen, like, it is a journey. And specifically talking to black folks, like, and meeting black folks at other intersections, like, depending on who you are, like, it can take a while. Like, it can absolutely take a while. If you move away from your family and then you move back, or if you just don't live near your family. And it's like, how do you create boundaries when there's already a physical, like, you know, boundary there? Um, 
it can take a while. Like, please go to therapy. Like, therapy is dope, like, <laughs> to process and heal because there's so many um, even when it's not... You I just think, cut me off. I'm sorry. Oh, I can't wait to tell our therapist. No, I'm kidding. Wow. <laughs> um, but there's so many like generational things and um, culture pieces to the black community that also allows these things to happen or makes these things okay. Does that make sense? I don't know. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Why you how you said it? Like there's like the whole like what happens here, what happens in my house stays in my house. Like right. those types of culture pieces like will make you think like all of these things are okay when they're absolutely not. That's what I meant. Now you can speak. I don't have nothing to say. Stop lying. Y'all, we... <laughs> Yo, just imagine a day in a life with this chick. Like, it's a oh, whole mess. It's, it's a whole a joy ride. No, I'm, I'm still in the mood from earlier. I can't wait. wait. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. For what? For us to talk about Polly, bitch. You want to record that now? No, we good. Not on this one. Um, <laughs> and my niece is... Child. Oh, oh we can talk about that experience, though. But honestly, like... Shanae not going to like how I, like, go into this. But I have unlearned a lot. No, actually, no. It's relevant. I've unlearned quite a few of my toxic behaviors from being with Shanae. Okay. Because, like, my family's very sarcastic. And... <laughs> We were at Miller's Ale House before, and <laughs> I don't know what I said or did, but Shanae was like, your sarcasm is a deal breaker. And we broke up because of, like, that night, because I was like, well, if you don't want to be with me, sarcasm is a part of me. Like, y'all, like, we are very much so dramatic. Um, but no, like, my sarcasm was very harmful for Shanae. What's and that have to do with Polly, bitch? No, we going off of that. No, no, we're not talking about that right now. We gonna wrap this up. Um, she really wanna talk about this. It's sad. But no, like my sarcasm was very much so a big thing. We talked yeah. last episode about how um if I feel like a conversation's not going anywhere, I will get quiet and maybe ignore. And that is a trigger. Like some of the toxic things I am uncovering before unlearning, I'm uncovering because of Shanae's experiences and who she is. And now having to unlearn them. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important, especially like I was single for a long time. And then I was also just like chilling and doing whatever I wanted to do. I had a little short relationship, whatever, but I didn't go through that process with that person. Mm -hmm. And so like now that you're like the person almost two years um, mm -hmm. who I'm going through this process with, like it takes patience and time and just like a level of grace that's healthy. But I think being open to it is what allows, like the fact that I'm open and willing to talk about it with you mm -hmm. um, and you're willing to talk about it with me, like that's why we can keep uncovering things. Yeah. And so I don't know. As long as we're not yelling and screaming about it, then it's okay. Oh, As long absolutely. as we're just having a conversation about it. I don't it. yell. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. yell. It's toxic. Y'all, it's been real. Word. Um, clearly we are very excited about season two because it's about to be back-to-back -back episodes for y'all. That's not going to happen all the time, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we trying, we trying to push it along. Um, but definitely, um, the poll is up on our, our Instagram right now. It'll probably be going by the time people see this episode, but send us like topic requests. And if you have specific questions, send us that. Like that's perfect. And somebody help me out on Twitter because like I suck at social media and every you know, every so often I'm trying to get better at it. So please show me out on what's our Twitter? I hear it's, you podcast. Yes, I hear you podcast. So like make sure y'all like us on Twitter. We gotta like get our logos and stuff going with that too. Um but yeah. We got a logo up there. No, like 
Does it say our Twitter? I forget we have a Twitter. Hit me up on Twitter. Send me a message to make me talk because I don't know. I don't even know what people be talking about on social media. That's true. I just scroll to learn new things. I don't actually talk to people on these things. I just rolled my eyes. I wish y'all could see my eyes because they rolled at her. But anywho, we, we got this. We out here. Um, be safe. It's still a quarantine. Day 590. You're right. I saw traffic today on 476. And, oh, we went to the grocery store and the toilet paper was stocked. Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Bye. <laughs>